Hallelujah. It's an honor and a privilege to be before you. Uh, this is something I don't take lightly because of the leadership we have in this house. You know? And each and every one of us have been drawn by the Spirit of God to this place. This is a place that will be fed, a place will be nourished, a place will grow, will get fortified so that we can take territory, repel the kingdom of darkness, and raise up the standard. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, um, this past Sunday was a very wonderful day for my wife and I. Um, 29 years ago, on Sunday, we had the privilege of becoming parents. And what it did for me, it changed my life in so many ways. Um, and I love the aspect of your talk this evening when you related to being a parent. Because prior to being a parent, I was quite selfish. I was very self-absorbed. Although I was a believer, you know, it was all about me, 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 me. And then, of course, you get married, you realize that, you know what? You have to die to self, and two of you have to become one. There's a process. You know, when you build a new house, it goes through a settling phase. So I'll just use that terminology. So we went through a settling phase, and then, you know, we're one. But then when we became parents, I tried to love my kids the best way I can. And many times I'll reflect on how God has loved us, regardless of who we are or what we've done, you know. So, and lately I've been going through a time of reminiscing on the goodness of God, you know. There's no way we can thank him enough for who he is, for what he did for us even before we were born, and for what he continues to do, for his love, his, his abiding grace and favor upon us, you know. And I thank him for his word because the word is what we need to imbibe, to consume. He told us to keep it before our eyelids because if we do that and it grows, it gets watered by the Holy Spirit, we'll have victories all the time. Amen? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you tonight for your presence here. We thank you for the privilege to entreat you once again. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, because you have apportioned unto us that which we shall have. Thank you, God, for breaking yokes, destroying yokes, delivering those who are captive, those who don't know you, God, that they'll come to a saving knowledge of you as Lord and, and Savior. And those who know you, but who have been existing below that which you have apportioned to us, that the eyes of understanding will be opened tonight to your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, on Sunday, pastor asked me to come up and I gave just a little tidbit of what the Lord had been dealing with me on the last few months. You know, there are times and seasons, Daniel chapter 2, 21 tells us that there are times and seasons but thank God that he is in charge of the times and seasons, and he changes seasons. 
So no matter what season you find yourself in, know that God is going to turn it around for you. But he's given us the authority. But a lot of times, I, I like some old TV shows. And um, Barney Fife, you guys know who he is? All right. Barney Fife, here he is, a deputy who has authority, and he wears his gun. But oftentimes when he goes to, you know, impose his authority, he cowers and he starts shaking and anyone would overpower him. Unfortunately, that's how a lot of us are because the power of God it rests in us. He said, this same power that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us. But if we don't realize it, then the enemy will beat us all day long and we may come on Sundays, on Wednesdays, or whenever you have your services, and put on a face, and it's like going to the country club and partake, but then it's not what you do while you're here. It's what you do at home in your every days, you know, that matters. Amen? So, so God started dealing with me. I, you know, I made my list. I, told, I shared with, for those who were here that as, as a little boy, and for those who are not, I've known the Lord since I was 12, and I've served him. I've given my heart to him since I was 12, and I've seen him do incredible things. Every promise he's made to us, to me, and to us now, you know, he's fulfilled it. But in spite of that, sometimes we take our eyes off of him and off of the promises, and we start looking at the circumstances, because we were going through some seasons that even though we were in the perfect will of the Lord, you know, storms can arise. And so I had started looking through things, but then the Spirit of God reminded me that as a little boy, because of my walk with him, because he's proven himself, I had a habit where every time we confronted with a situation, I'm confronted with a situation, I'll write it down, and I'll time and date it, and I'll take it before the Lord. And then when the answer manifests, I'd also time and date it. And it was a journal for me. And what it did, I mean, I love the word of God. I, you know, I could read the word of God all day long, and I, I tried to do as much as I can. And it's an inspirational. But this journal that I had was my journal, my story. So that whenever the next season comes or the next challenge comes, that seems like I can't make it through. I can just thumb through. And when I do, I realize, my goodness, he said, I'm the Lord. This, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, he said, I'm the Lord and I change not. If he's the same God that delivered me before, he'll deliver me again. Amen? Yes. Praise God. So, and in... in, in uh, Dwelling on that, I was taken to, we know the story in Matthew, when Jesus had just fell, fed the multitude. And then he commanded his disciples, he wanted to go up to pray in the mountain like he usually did, and he commanded them to go onto the other side. And how they got on the boat, going to where the Lord had told them to go. So oftentimes we as believers are walking in the steps and the directions that the Holy Spirit has given us, yet things happen. And while they were on their way, the storm hit. 
And we know the story how they were, you know, scared. And then Peter, looking out in the dark, saw a figure that looked like our Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, Lord, if it be thou, you, bid me to come unto thee. And the Lord did, and he came out, and he walked on water. And then we know what happened. The Bible said that sooner or later, he took his eyes off and was looking at the storm, looking at the circumstances, assessing, you know, how bad things were. And when he did, he began to sink. And then, but he had the presence of mind, thank God, to call out for help. I remember the old saints used to say, call on him, you know. And he called out, and the Lord, you know, saved him, and he, he walked on water again. But then we go to Acts chapter 3, and we have an account of Peter and John walking to the temple and how there was a man that was lame from his birth who was carried there every day to beg alms. And how when he saw them, as he normally did, he was looking for, he had accepted his condition. He had accepted that the rest of his life he'll be a beggar, he'll be lame just because that's the way things were. And he was asking of arms from them, but Peter, the same Peter who in Matthew 14 took his eyes off the Lord and was assessing the circumstances, but he learned. This time around, he told him, he said, look on us. Take your eyes off your circumstances. You know, the word of God tells us that Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men and women unto me. And also... Um, Hebrews 12, 2 said, you know, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. In Numbers 21, verse 8, we're told of the children of Israel, just like us, had been murmuring and complaining against God and Moses. And so God was wrought with them. He was angry and sent down fiery serpents to, bit, to bite them. And those that were bit died. Finally, some sense came into them, and they ran to Moses and repented and asked him to, you know, please ask God to have mercy. And then God instructed Moses to make a fiery serpent, put it on a brass pole, and lift it up. And if anyone who's bitten will gaze on that serpent, they will live and not die. And likewise, on the cross, Jesus Christ was lifted up. And if we look at him and take our eyes off our circumstances, we have victory and deliverance. Amen? I'm going to have you turn to Jeremiah chapter 33. Jeremiah 33, verse 14. It says, Behold, the days come, said the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I have promised unto the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. So what has God promised to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah? We know that in Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 14, he lists all the promises to us, his children, if we abide in him. And his promises, his words are yea and amen. If he said it, he'll do it. 
But again, like Barney Fife, if we don't know our place and our authority and the benefits in serving God, we can go through the motion and be of no effect. I love one saying, the British, who were colonized by the British, so occasionally a little Brit comes out of me. They have a saying that I always liked as a kid. It said that what's worth doing at all is worth doing well. If you're going to do something, do it, do it well, do it properly. So if we're going to be Christians, we need to live like Christians. We need to act in the stead of God, you know, because we're his representative on earth. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, in Psalm 89, Psalm 89, verse 20. And we're going to go from verse 20 to verse 29. <clears throat> this is the Lord speaking. He said, I have found David, and you can... Insert your name in there instead of David. I have found David, my servant, with my holy oil have I anointed him, with whom my hand shall be established. Mine arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not exact upon him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. And I will beat down his foes before his face, and plague them that hate him. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him. And in my name shall his horn be exalted. I will set his hand also in the sea and his right hand in the rivers. He shall cry unto me, Thou art my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Also I will make him my firstborn, higher than the kings of the earth. My mercy will I keep for him forevermore, and my covenant shall, shall stand fast with him. His seed also will I make to endure forever, and his throne as the days of heaven. One of the things I, I love about God's promises is that it's not just to us, but it goes to the next and the next generation. So a lot of times through the years, especially in the Western society, Statistics have shown that a high number of children raised up in Christian homes, when they grow up, abandoned, they walk away from it. And it's disheartening if it's ever happened to you. And you wonder, what happened? The kid that we poured all this, all this into. But because the word of God said that the redeemed of the Lord shall return unto Zion. And his promises are true. If we know that, and we know that he's going to call them from the east, from the west, from the north to the south, they'll come back. And no matter what they've gotten into, God's hand is able to reach and is able to deliver. In addressing that, because what is it? The Bible says you did wrong well. Who or what hindered you from obtaining? A lot of times it's the cares of this life that keeps us from doing and fulfilling all, all what God wants us to, to, to be. And we need to set that apart. And looking unto Jesus, as the Bible said, the author and finisher of our faith. Amen? Amen. Now, um, in Joshua chapter 18, 
Is it okay if we go through some scriptures here? Okay. Joshua chapter 18, verse 3. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are you slack to go to possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers have given unto you? You know. So God has made us all these precious promises which are ours to obtain. But most of the time, we're in the periphery looking in. And I've been there. I've been there many times where I assess the circumstances and for some reason, I allow the circumstances to dissuade me. But, you know, Romans 3, verses 3 and 4 said, you know, shall, because of the fate of others, shall, I, shall he make the word of God of non-effect? And Romans 3, verse 4 said, God forbid, let God be true and let every man or every circumstance be a liar. Amen? Praise God. You guys talk like you're, you are awake, you, you, like you're with me. <laughs> All right. And um, in Isaiah chapter 49, Isaiah 49, verses 25, 24 to 25. And this is the question for us. So whether it's our children, whether it's us, us, our siblings, if we find ourselves surrounded or seem like the attack is overwhelming, this is what we should look at. So in verse 24, it says, Shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive delivered? Verse 25 says, But thus said the Lord, Even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered, for I will contend with him that contended with thee, and I will save thy children. So if we know that we have these promises from God, and because God never lies, what he said he'll do, he will do it. And if we were the only persons on earth, he's still going to fulfill his promises, because he said that his promises are irrevocable, and they run to a thousand generations. Amen? Praise God. And I love what he says in Psalm 145, verse 14. He said, The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. So raise your head up. You know, take a step of faith. Activate this word of God in you and let the Holy Spirit empower you to take territories and take kingdoms back. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 10, I love this. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Savior, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, 
whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. sins. Wherefore, the, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. So if ye do these things, ye shall never fail. Amen? So we need to cultivate a perpetual abiding presence of God and the Holy Spirit. We need to emulate Jesus in words and in deeds. And I remember what, um, um, what's the, the prophet of our house? Pastor Bagwell said one of the last times he was here, how in your, in praise, in, in, when you praise God, in praising him comes his presence, right? And in his presence comes the voice. And in the voice comes direction. And in direction comes victory and deliverance. So if this word abides in us, it's like a well that will spring forth. And the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? And as it, it springs forth, and we got into praising him and worshiping him in spirit and in truth, his presence comes. And that's why we know that the children of Israel in the wilderness, for 40 years that they were there, not even their shoe latchet wore out. Why is that? Because there was an abiding presence the whole time they were there. God was with them, you know. So invite his presence and um, carry his presence with you. There's someone, a book that Laurie got many years ago um, called The Presence-Based Church. And we need to, we're the church of Jesus Christ, and we need to become that. Amen? Praise God. Because if we start acting like who we're supposed to be, we're the repairers of the breach. That's who we are, you know. We have the authority of God. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything in his name, we shall have it. And in his presence, it's safety, it's counsel, it's peace, it's direction, you know, it's healing, it's restoration, it's preservation. And all these things are there for us. So the Bible said that he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it's sin. Amen. So when we should be teachers, you know, but yeah, we're having to be given milk. It's not good. There's so many people, tonight we're talking, coming to church, how much of the word of God that we receive here and how, how many people have had the privilege to sit under this ministry, under this, this anointing for many years. And there's so many Christians around the world who don't even have access to a Bible. 
There's so many Christians who go to churches that are really lukewarm. And here, we've been in a smoker's board every day. Well, we can't just sit around and get, you know, this spiritual food poured into us and get lazy. We need to let the spiritual food take root, and then it's for us to put it into action. And because we are the epistle read of men, you know, there's so many people that may never go to church, but it's in seeing us and seeing Jesus in us and seeing us walk in victory and being transparent, but seeing, the, you know, even if we go through seasons, but they realize, wow, that's, that's him who was down once, but look at what God has done for him. Amen? Nothing shall by any means hurt us. Praise God. Now, let's turn to Job chapter 14. Job chapter 14, verse 7. We'll go through 7 through 9. In verse 7, it says, For there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stalk thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. So, even if you cut a tree down and put it away, you know, go through dry season, once you put it in the ground and water it and the soil is there, it's going to grow. So likewise, in us is this word that has been implanted. And we need to feed it through the power of the Holy Spirit and let it grow and bring 30, right? 60 and a hundredfold return. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, Numbers chapter 14, verse 28. Numbers chapter 14, verse 28. It says, Say unto them, As truly as I live, said the Lord, as ye have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. So the question is, what are you speaking into God's ears, or what have you spoken? You know, the Bible said that we're justified by our words and condemned by our words. So if we speak what God speaks, we'll have what God has told us that we'll have. You know, a house divided cannot stand. Amos 3.3 said, how can two walk together except they be in agreement? So God is already for us. The word of God is for us. The Holy Spirit is for us. It's for us to join with him in what we say and how we walk and we'll have victory continually. Amen? And uh, Psalm 37, rather Psalm 34 verse 7 says that the angel of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him and deliver them. And in verse 8, it said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man or woman that trusted in him. And verse 9 said, Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. I love that. So if we fear him and love him and serve him, we'll have no lack at all. 
Now, I know most of my read, all my reading thus far has been in uh, the King James. Let's go to Amos chapter 9, verse 13. But do you have the message version? Amos chapter 9, verse 13 through 15, the, the message version. No? Okay. All right. So, yes, indeed, it won't be long now, God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once, and everywhere you look, blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I'll make everything right again for my people Israel. They'll rebuild their ruined cities. They'll plant vineyards and drink good wine. They'll work their gardens and eat fresh vegetables. And I'll plant them, plant them on their land. They'll never again be uprooted from the land I've given them. That's what God, our God says. Amen. So, but we have to be willing and obedient to God to be able to eat of the good on the land that he's, you know, promised us. Um, I'm a very practical person, very analytical, you know, by my nature. If I were Christian, if I wasn't a Christian, but observing Christians and some of the Christians I know, just from the fruit they bear, I don't think I'd even want any part of what they have. You know, so that's, that's a conviction. We need to realize that people are watching us from those at home, in, you know, in our Jerusalem, in our Judea, our Samaria, on the uttermost part. So our home, our school, our work, our community, people are watching us. And so there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. So none of us are perfected. You know, we're going to grow. And so... The only way to grow, to, to grow from faith to faith, is by getting good nutrition, right? So in the natural, to stay healthy, we have to have a balanced diet, have rest, you know, have all the different accoutrements that go with it. Likewise, spiritually, we have to have a balanced spiritual meal. And we sure get it here, but then we need to implement on our own time at home, you know, to grow. Praise the Lord. And we know that in, uh, I think it's in Second Timothy, it said that all scripture is given for inspiration, right? For repro reproof. And let's, it's never too late to start, to get into the habit of spending time at his feet. Praise God. So, my, my brethren, if we're going to walk this walk, it's time to use all of the giftings that God has given us. Oftentimes, Pentecostal, we're guilty of emphasizing just tongues, right? And not the other eight gifts. Likewise, most believers in their lives emphasize the salvation experience and going to church. But we don't allow God into all the other parts of our lives. 
and we need to let him. God, he's jealous. You know, he paid the ultimate price for us. And he wants to be in very intimate relationship with us. How a husband and wife, you know, get to know each other. And that's what God, that's what the Holy Spirit desires in us. And when we do that, we'll realize that all those promises he made earlier, he'll fight battles on our behalf. Battles that we don't have to fight because he's for us, he's with us. Amen? Praise God. And so I'm going to just encourage us to press on in. You know, don't stay on the periphery looking and come in ankle deep, waist deep, jump all on in. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you, God, because we know that your word never returns void. Father, as we leave here tonight, we're not leaving from your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for going before us, going with us, and going behind us. Thank you for making all the crooked ways straight. And as we come back on Sunday to fellowship, worship, and just celebrate you, we know that we have victory in you. We thank you, God, for pastor that he's made completely whole. And for anyone here under the sound of my voice who may have any physical ailment, Father God, I thank you that by your stripes we were healed and we receive completeness in you. We take authority and dominion over sickness and disease. We command you to loose your hold and let go in the name of Jesus. But I thank you for completing each and every one of us in you, God, that will live victoriously and will fulfill our purposes in you.